You are listening to motivational quotes and inspirational life stories from real life people just like you. I'm your host, Victoria Johnson. You can learn more about me and my number one best-selling book at victoriajohnson.org. It's time to share our experiences and motivate and inspire you. So let's get started. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the podcast. This is a story that you are going to love to hear, a real-life story of someone who has overcome so much adversity and has gone on to great success, you know, from determination and pure motivation. And by the grace of God, she has come from this low-income childhood with lots of moves and lots of things going on. I'm going to let her tell you all about that and has gotten all the way up to holding executive positions in Fortune 500 companies and national nonprofits. And now she's at a place where she can coach people and consult with businesses and help people and organizations get from where they are to where they are meant to be. And I know that you are going to enjoy listening to her and learning about her determination and her journey. I love her motto. It is persevere and you shall overcome. Welcome to the show, Danielle Mocha. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here with you. I am so happy to have you. I just want to, before we go any further, let the listeners know how they can reach you. They can email you at hello at daniellemoga.com. I'm going to spell that. So hello at d-a-n-i-e-l-l-e-m-o-g-a.com. I am very interested to hear you know, the details of your story of really overcoming all odds and creating this beautiful life. So I'm going to just turn the floor over to you. And I don't know where you want to start, if it is in your childhood there with your parents' divorce or where you want to start, but go ahead and and I will ask questions along the way. I'm looking forward to learning from you today. So thank you so much for being here. Oh gosh, thank you so much. And I appreciate the opportunity. I I know that there's so much hardship out there and lots of people have lots of different struggles. And mine is just one story of many, but you know, I hope that somebody does find some value in this and that it gives them the, the motivation that they need to, to move forward because there are all types of possibilities out there. I was the youngest of four children. There's quite a big age gap, um, 10 years between my oldest uh, sister and I. Um, my dad was in the military. They moved a lot. By the time I was born, he was near retirement. I was about four years old and um, born in the Philadelphia area. And they decided to retire down to Florida. And from there, my parents got divorced shortly after and I was about five years old. My mom was sort of done being a mom at that point. And I was very much a daddy's girl. But in that time frame in the 70s, you know, women had all the rights. And although my, my dad was a wonderful dad, um, the courts determined that my mom would be the sole provider. And at that point in time, he kind of disappeared out of our lives. You know, he was heartbroken and it wasn't what he wanted. And he moved back to Missouri to be with his family. And, um, you know, at this day and age, you know, Maya Angelou has a great quote, when you know better, you do better, Mm -hmm. right? And I know I've had Mm -hmm. lots of conversations with my parents about, you know, if they had known better at the time and if they didn't have their own sort of challenging childhoods and difficulties, they would have done things differently. And so, you know, I look at the hardships that I've faced as it just forms me into the person that I've become today. And I appreciate that because I like who I am. I like the qualities about myself, but I'm looking back, it was a really, really 
challenging time and a very sad time because I felt abandoned. You know, my mom, who, you know, as a young girl, I would have hoped that I would have had a super close relationship with her and she just wasn't interested in being a parent. And so I spent a lot of time on my own as a very young child. I guess my siblings were older than I. And so I can remember as a seven-year-old, you know, being at home in the house by myself for long hours and just needing to figure out, you know, how do I make a, a grilled cheese sandwich or macaroni and cheese and <laughs> um, really learn how to fend for myself. And, you know, I just look back and I'm really grateful for the friends that I did have in school because I tended to gravitate towards them. I loved spending the night out and going into homes that, you know, for all intents and purposes, look like a normal family. You know, as a young child, you're like, oh, they're a normal family. They have a mom and a dad and they sit down and they have dinner together. It's very traditional. And I really gravitated towards that. And I think that that really helps me along the way to form my own, you know, moral and value system of what was really important to me, which was, was family and togetherness. And so... Um, those are really important as I grew and I got older, but I changed schools a lot. There were 10 different schools between the time of kindergarten to high school graduation. And when you're the new kid and when you don't have a lot of money and you don't have the latest styles and fashion and the clothes that you do have don't even really fit, you get made fun of a lot. And mm-hmm. um that was super, super hard for me. And, you know, you, you pair the being made fun of to not feeling like you're wanted and desired by your parents and just sort of that sense of abandonment, the, the scarcity feeling of, you know, do we have the food or will I have the clothes or how long am I going to be at this school? And just the struggles with making friends, it's, it's tough. It, it really is tough. But, you know, I also had a sense of if I'm good, if I'm perfect, and people will like me. And I really pushed myself hard to just be as good as I could be at everything and put a lot of pressure on myself, you know, in a lot of different ways. And that's a tough thing to live with um, Mm -hmm. because you can't be perfect at everything, right? And wanting to be perfect really did stand in my way of progress because I was afraid of failure. I was afraid that if I put myself out there and it wasn't perfect, people would judge me even more than they did. And, you know, having that is paralyzing at times, just having that feeling that I want to be perfect at everything. And I have all these grand ideas and things that I want to do, but I don't want to be judged because I'm already being judged. And I have a fear of people you know, rejecting me even more so than I feel rejected. So, you know, I try to say I don't have any regrets. I just have a lot of lessons that I've learned. And and I do believe that that's true. But now as I have children, my daughter, you know, I see some of the same traits and qualities in her that she really drives herself in a perfectionist manner and it's limiting her. And I'm just trying to really encourage her to branch out and be different, just be yourself because people are going to love you. You know, the people that are important in life, the people are, that are encouragers and positive and that, you know, you want around you, those are the ones that are going to champion your efforts and be so proud of you for stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something that's just out of the norm. But it's an opportunity for her to express herself, whether it's singing or playing the guitar or the ukulele or whatever it is. And, and that's really what I encourage people to do now is don't let your fears 
hold you back. Don't let perfection stand in the way of progress because it's such a limiting factor. And you can look back and say, man, if only if only I had done it. But you know what? We can't go back in time and all we can do is really use that as a motivation for moving forward mm-hmm. in life. And, and, and I love um, the... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I just wanted to say that I really love the gem that you just gave out. Be yourself and people are going to love you. And uh, for everyone listening, that applies to you. You know, I know you were talking about your daughter, but be yourself and people are going to love you. And so you came through this childhood and 10 schools in 12 years is a lot. And then decided to go on to college Mm -hmm. and got your degree in accounting and your master's in business. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, I was the first one in my family to go to college. And I did it debt free. You know, in my school, I was one of close to 700 kids graduating. So, you know, guidance counselors weren't really engaged. Of course, my parents weren't engaged. I had no idea what next steps were from high school to college or what I needed to do. But I knew that I didn't have money to pay for it. There was no college fund set up for me. I had been working since you know, as a as a young child babysitting and always earning money and then as soon as I could drive, you know, got a job. And so so working has always been a part of my life from a very young age. And so I ended up going to the local community college because I knew I could afford that. I paid for classes as I could afford them and, you know, still was able to get my four-year degree in a little over four years by working full-time and going to school full-time. And then I just continued that on through my master's program. But I, that's probably one of the most, one of my most proud accomplishments that I was able to go through and complete my education without anyone and just be 100% debt-free when I finished. That is absolutely incredible. And it speaks to that motto that you share with other people as a tip, you know, persevere, you shall overcome. And because I'm sure that many of those days were not easy days through both your degree and your master's. Um, But then tell us about what it felt like to be gainfully employed at a Fortune 500 company or with the national nonprofit? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit before yes, I go into that because, you know, shortly after starting my career and establishing myself, I had worked at a CPA for years, which, you know, accounting, they always said I wasn't your typical accountant because they tend to be more outgoing and engaging and very in tune with with people. And a lot of times as an accountant or an auditor or a tax professional, you've been, you tend to be a little bit more introverted and not as outgoing. And so I always thrived in being in environments with lots of people, lots of activity. But I think that that was probably the best foundation because it taught me so much about business and about the way different businesses and industries. But I always had a dream and it started from a very young age that I would be able to stay home with my children. You know, we tend to be formed by the experiences that we had. Mm-hmm. And I made several declarations that I was going to be the best mom ever. And I was going to be with my kids and I was going to be homeroom mom and PTA president and all those things that as a young child, you put in your mind. And it was a very important part of my growing up in my belief system. And I'm happy to say that I was able to do that. I was able to stay home for nine years with with my three children until my youngest got into school. And so from there, you know, I had been at home and I had been out of the work environment. And so for me, I'm, I'm wrought with a lot of concern because that was also coming at a time when I knew my marriage was ending. 
And I knew that I needed to find a way to support myself and my children. And so being at home for almost a decade and then trying to find a way to transition back into the workforce was terrifying. And fortunately, through some networking, I was able to get into a uh, really great company. It was a a local homegrown, large company that had a wonderful reputation. And when I was onboarded, they had just happened to go through an acquisition with, you know, a Fortune, I think, 15 company at the time. And so I was brought into a role that was you know, it was a transformational role in the sense that it played an integral role with bringing these two companies together from the people, the tools, the technology, the process, every aspect of it. The team that I was on and a part of and had the great fortune to lead was just had their hands in every aspect of it. And so it was a great time of excitement, a lot of hard work, a lot of dedication by all the folks to make all those pieces, parts come through. And, you know, then from there had a great opportunity to work at a national nonprofit. And that too was a time of transformation because there had been some changes that had occurred. And, you know, from leadership and the way that they fundraising and the way that they reported out to their constituents, everything was going through an overhaul. And so again, people, technology, process systems, accountability, myself, as well as the team, and we had a great opportunity to make some great positive impact on that organization. And so transformation seems to be an underlying theme with where I come in. There's a lot of, typically when I come into a situation, there's some angst. And so it's figuring out what is that long-term vision What is that vision of the future that needs to happen? Like a puzzle, right? And you have all these pieces of a puzzle and to be able to see what it's supposed to look like and move all the pieces together in the right way to make it all come together. You know, it seems to be the term superpower gets thrown out there a lot (laughs) these days, but I tend to think that's my superpower is just being able to see what's supposed to happen in the future and then being able to see the pieces that need to come together to make it happen. And so um, I love that you, for me, that's fun. Yeah. And you know, it's great to know what our skills are and it's great to be able to, to claim them and say, yeah, this is what I do great and to own that. And one thing that I'm noticing with your story is that Everything that you say is just one step forward, one step forward, one step mm-hmm. forward. It's like this continuous journey where you are always growing and transforming yourself. And so I would imagine then that the people who are drawn to you as coaching clients and for business consulting, those are those people who are seeking transformation. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's a lot of, I'm just not sure how to get there. I'm just not sure how to get from where I am now to where I need to be. You know, I think for me, I know I've always just had this voice inside of me, just this drive that I'm not done yet, <laughs> not done yet. And I don't, I don't know what the finish line looks like, but every day I am driven to take that one more step in that direction forward to get there. And to me, that's exciting. You know, as a type A person who likes to be super organized and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say control things, but I like to really plan. I really learned that you have to let that go. And you just, if you're taking forward action, if you let that momentum lead you and you're making good decisions and good choices along the way that are really found on integrity, you're going to get to where you need to go. But sometimes people need help. Sometimes people need to see that, you know, it's not a thousand piece puzzle. Let's just work with these 20 pieces right here. Let's just break it down into manageable yes. steps because, you know, to get from where you are to where you're made to be, sometimes that is a great transformation. And 
it's it's overwhelming to think of it in those terms. So to be able to break it down into bite-sized manageable pieces is key because nobody can think clearly in a state of overwhelm. You know, I call that noise and I call that chaos. And, you know, one of my catchphrases is control the chaos, right? Or creating order mm-hmm. out of chaos. Because until you can get that noise and that chaos under control, it is very difficult to clearly see a path forward. And so being able to help individuals do that is is rewarding because all of a sudden you can see sort of this sense of relief wash over. I mean, that's what it feels like for me when I can take something that seems monumental and just sort of tear back the pieces until it's manageable. It's like, this is very doable. This is just a one step forward. That's all I have to think about is just what's that next step, like a task list, just cross it off and you've gotten one step closer towards your goal. I love that you're talking about that. What's the next step? That is something that I teach and something that I try to live by as well. So I don't get into that place of overwhelm that you were talking about. You know, just what's the next step? If you could give a tip to our listeners, you know, for personal coaching, what would be the first step? I mean, I know we're saying what's the next step, but for someone who's feeling, you know, like you were feeling that you had those emotions of feeling abandoned and, you know, spending lots of time on your own and just then, of course, turning that into perfectionism and letting the perfectionism and the fear of rejection hold you back and stand in your way of your progress. What would be a first step tip that you could give to our listeners? To get a piece of paper and write down, those are all lies. They're all Mm -hmm. lies. And on that same piece of paper, write down, I am worthy. I am loved. I am capable. I am equipped. I can do it. I get another piece of paper. Okay, yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, and just write down everything that's in your head. Get all the noise out of your head and on a piece of paper. And I like to do mind mapping and where you just dump everything out and you can start making connections with things where you can see maybe it's not all that overwhelming. You might just have one thought that has morphed itself into 10 different things, but it all comes down to the same like thing that you need to figure out. And getting it on paper and out of your head is really powerful, but you have to first get past the lies that we have told ourselves. Um, Because I I see from the clients that I've worked with, there's a lot of people living with a lot of lies in their head and it is blocking so much greatness from coming out into the world. And so that would be my first tip is that we are, we all have wonderful affirmations that, you know, we can say to ourselves every single day. And those are the truths that we mm-hmm. need to live with. I'm just going to repeat that for our listeners. So get a piece of paper, write down. Those are all lies. Get another piece of paper and write down the affirmations about I am worthy and I am deserving what I am lovable, whatever it is that comes to you. And then the third thing is to get out another piece of paper and get all of the noise out of your head and onto the paper and to look for the common factor. Does that sound right? That's 100% right. Oh, I'm really, really loving this. Is there any uh, books that you can recommend or anything that uh, has helped you recently with your personal growth? You know, there are so many great books out there and I always hesitate to give one specific book because you have to find what speaks to you. And I tend to read a lot of nonfiction 
Mm-hmm. I am a voracious reader and I have to admit something here publicly that I, it's like I'm a compulsive reader, but I hardly ever finish anything. Mm-hmm. And I wrote something the other day. I'm, I'm sure every author in America must have great disdain for me because I, I can't read the whole book. I'm like always flipping through to find those little nuggets of wisdom mm-hmm. um, because I can't devour the information fast enough. But there are just so many great, I love Tony Robbins. I mean, he's a great motivator. I can't speaking of. Um, he's just got so much wisdom out there. You know, Elizabeth Gilbert is one that I enjoy and I was just reading Big Magic um, from her. She's another great one and she's some different artistic and creative ways of thinking. And I would say that you know, the thinking that we do is often so linear that it gets in our way. And um, I think if I were going to give reader or listeners another tip, it would be to step back and make sure that you're giving your space, giving yourself space for quiet. We do not allow ourselves the freedom to have nothing on our schedule or docket for the day. And we need to actually budget that time in where we can all take that quiet time to listen to our inner voice. And the answers come you know, during that time. And so I really, I would encourage everybody to do that too, because our thinking is so structured and rigid and that's likely a product of the way that we were all raised through education and such. But anything that you can do to open up those creative energy sources in yourself. A lot of times I have found that there's a lot of power in that. And that's where a lot of my, the things that I have overcome is come from giving myself some quiet time and quiet space to figure that out. That is excellent advice. And I feel like you have given so many golden nuggets and beautiful gems to the listeners with what you have shared. And I thank you so much for that. Now, I know that you do have a landing page that people can check out as well. It is bit.ly, so B-I-T-L-Y slash Danielle, D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E, MOGA, M-O-G-A. And again, they can email you at hello at Danielle MOGA. I'm going to spell it one more time. D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-M-O-G-A. So hello at danielmoga.com. I thank you so much for being on the show today. I always like to include a motivational quote in the podcast. And the one today that I've chosen is from Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu. He wrote the Tao Te Ching, which means the way. And this is on leadership. And I believe that you are such a good leader. And, you know, I was going to say coincidentally, but I don't really believe in coincidences. The piece I had chosen is called Acting Simply, which really goes in line with what you were saying about writing things down, finding out what's important, getting rid of the lies and giving yourself space for quiet and really budgeting that time. So here we go. Acting simply. True leaders are hardly known for their followers. Next after them are the leaders of the people know and admire. After them, those they fear. After them, those they despise. To give no trust is to get no trust. When the work's done right with no fuss or boasting, ordinary people say, oh, we did it. It reminds me of you. You have accomplished so much and done so much in your life. And I know there is so much more to come and look forward to following you and also talking to you again and just seeing what amazing things that you have accomplished. And the same to our listeners. We know that you can achieve great things as well. Just start taking those steps. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. 
It is my true desire that you have been inspired and felt a sense of connection with the words being shared. If you have an inspirational story to share on how you have overcome adversity and created an exceptional life, please visit my website, victoriajohnson.org. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next time.